The Manage Smarter Show is brought to you by SalesCred, the sales skill building solution that empowers sales teams worldwide to multiply sales opportunities by improving perception, accelerating trust building, and by earning repeat business. Get the best-selling book by C. Lee Smith, download the free mobile app, and now sign up for the SalesCred Masterclasses. Book your session now at salescred.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. One of the things we're kind of big about on this show, if you may have noticed, and if you're loyal to listening to the podcast, is emotional intelligence, right, Lee? Absolutely. You know, and you know, I'm particularly excited about today's guest because one of my master's classes over at salescred.com is is all about selling with AI and EQ. And you think those two things don't go together, and naturally they don't. Uh, but this is a topic that I think Beth and I both feel uh, is super important and really doesn't get as much attention paid to it as it should. So really excited about today. I am too. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong, Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm Celie Smith. I'm the president and founder of Sales Fuel. So and today's CEO of Sales Fuel. <laughs> You're like, I forget what I do. I forgot. Uh, I had a title in there somewhere. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> today's guest is Beth Trejo, trailblazing blazing speaker, CEO, and founder of the global social first digital agency, Chatter Kick. Featured in USA Today, Yahoo, and Business Insider as a top 50 CEO for women, Beth is a recognized advocate for women in tech. And one of her areas, as I mentioned, of expertise is increasing empathy via digital tools and social media, also using AI as well. So like I said, we're big on empathy at Sales Fuel and on the show. So putting digital AI and empathy together in one big bowl, that's a first for a guest, Beth. So have at it. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Thanks for coming. Yes. Thanks for having me. I look forward to conversation today. You kick it off. Yeah. You know, it's like, I was just thinking uh, before we went live here, uh, it seems to me that uh, empathy toward our fellow human being uh, really, I think, started to nosedive with the advent of social media. Uh, that's just my observation. Is like, do you have any similar or different observations on that? And how did we get here? Yeah. So I started a social media agency 11 years ago for context. So really have seen the rise, fall, waves, good, bad, ugly, all the things within these tools. And prior to starting my agency, I actually worked at a chamber of commerce, which was like the oldest school version of social networking, right? I'm putting that in Mm -hmm. air quotes because it's, you know, boardrooms, coffees, and that's how business was getting formed. I saw this parallel to the offline world as social media was kind of coming on the scene. And I thought, wow, why don't we just take that interaction, relationship-driven interactions and move them online and help fuel businesses. And so that's one of the ways and reasons I started the Chatterkick as a social media agency. And I would say, you know, for the first, so that was back in 2012. So the first um, couple of years, people were interacting as humans, right? We launched this big project and it was a renovation in a a hotel property. And we were letting people vote on the types of wallpaper that we should be using. It was crazy interactive. And we used to get hundreds and hundreds of comments. And I think fast forward to today, 
the interactions on social media look very different, right? There's definitely those active users that are just pure trolls and hate. <laughs> and then there are the people that are constantly on them um, interacting for good. But I would say more people fall in the middle of that now where they're a little bit timid and afraid to actually interact from a connection perspective. Mm. And I think that that's why some of these tools like threads and, you know, that craving of community, which is really the beauty of social media, that feeling of community. Um, I think that that's what users are craving, but I don't think that the networks and the platforms are designed really for that, right? They're designed for that dopamine hit of like, Ego driven. That's where the money is, right? <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, so I think that's, that's really where there's a gap. And we hope to kind of fix that in our little place of the world. I think the problem with large groups of people is people. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing ruins a large group of people <laughs> like people. <laughs> but, you know, empathy is hard for some managers and some of our listeners on a normal day in a normal office setting. How do you create empathy? through me looking at you right through the laptop camera here, other than me asking you, how are you? You know, and um, questions like that. What, what are some of the other techniques you can create a feeling of care and understanding? Yeah, so I... Yeah. So I think even if you're behind a screen or, um, you know, on a, a chat channel, there's a couple of things that I've noticed that really work tactically. The first is like forming real relationships with people. And what I mean by that is listening to understand and not like mm -hmm. the action of hearing and get to know your employees. What are they going through in their personal lives? Um, maybe it's your customers too. Like you may have a customer that always thinks that they need that they feel like they're always urgent and they're just throwing stuff in your lap, but ultimately they're just busy and trying to get the email off their desk, right? We spend a lot of time in our own heads trying to interpret people's actions. And I think one of my favorite things is just, I get one-on-ones with all of my employees, even the people I don't manage. And that's where I spend most of my time is like, how do I get to know these people? What are their verbals and nonverbals saying? And how can we build that trust? Because trust fuels relationships, relationships fuel community, and that fuels commerce. Yes, a lot of people sometimes will get pissed off about those little idiosyncrasies about people, whether it be clients, prospects, or whatever, but why do they always do that? And they go wow. and they gripe in the break room or something like that. I like to tell people, don't get furious, get curious. Yes. That's the time where it's like, okay, you would be better served by, instead of venting over here, is trying to... Yeah, ask questions or or you know do a little bit of thinking, soul searching, or whatever, and try to understand why does that person do that, and what are they trying to accomplish, and what's going on in their world or whatever. Try to see the world through their eyes a little bit, then, and then maybe you you'll realize most cases it's not about you. Yeah, right. It really is. I think that that curiosity is it's a great point. We um, have been working with a, a DEI professional for the last three years, and that's her biggest like point is just let's start with curiosity. Like, why do we do things we do? What other people do things they do? What is it rooted in? And just that stopping and say, let's get curious, I think gives you a moment so that we're not so rushed to like project our emotions on other people or our behaviors on others. And it's like, okay, stop for a second. Cause I am a high urgency person and I like to just <laughs> fast and furious. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of leaders have that same tendency, right? Of just like, get this off my place. I'm played. I'm going a million miles an hour, but sometimes that can be interpreted differently than maybe you originally intended it. And I've had to learn that over the years. That's for sure. 
Are there different levels of empathy and do you treat them different ways as like, oh, you know, your dog had to go to the vet and you had a big vet bill and you're stressed out about that versus, you know, your husband's in the hospital or something. I mean, are there different ways of handling that digitally or do you just treat them all the same and just show care and kindness and maybe call an extra meeting on Zoom or something just to check on people? Um, So that is a really interesting point because I've had this conversation with many of my friends who also are business leaders and owners. And I think the biggest mistake that I personally made in the past is to treat everything in one plane, Mm, right? Because because like that exact instance is a perfect example, right? Someone's family may be in the hospital and another person's pet passed away they may have different reactions to each of those very different than how I would interact with those or that you should have feelings around those, um, you know, pieces of your life. And so I really, I think that's why that key to knowing people make mm-hmm. management so much easier because then you can kind of help to navigate, help your employees or your friends even to navigate those things and still get the job done or the work done or, you know, leading with caring, caring and kindness, but not upending your business in the same regard, right? Like there is pieces of business that have to get done in a timely way. And there are pieces of people's lives that disrupt it. So how do you navigate that on a day-to-day basis? One of the things that I was taught, there's there's at least two channels, but for simplicity's sake, we'll say there's two channels. There's an emotional channel, there's a logical channel. And when someone is reacting to something in the emotional cha- channel, if you try to come at them and respond to them in the logical channel, they can't hear you. They won't hear you. You have to get in the emotional channel with them. And likewise, if you're dealing with somebody who's like an IT person or whatever, and the, everything, they're just, it's all logic, logic, logic. And they're not talking about how people feel or how this impacts people or something like that. You know, going there and talking about that's just not going to resonate. And you've got to get right there logical with them mm-hmm. because that's where they're at in the moment. Does that uh, resonate with you? Yeah. Yes. I definitely think that that is the case. And ultimately, you know, if your team is going through a lot of stress, especially one individual, it may not be the most productive time for them to work anyways, right? We've all been there. Mm -hmm. If if you have a something in your day or your life, like training and teaching on resiliency is really important, but you can't do it in the moment. You know, I see that all the time. Like, well, we need to make our team resilient. You can't when they're going through trauma or tragedy or the world is, you know, having issues and um, people just deal with things in a different way. And I think you really have to understand each individual if, if possible or help your managers if you have large teams. Right. So where does AI fit into all this? I know we talked about that. So I think that the beauty of AI is that it can help you transition those communications in ways that do support each individual at its best, right? Oh, okay. So, so for example, if think of it as like if you I'm gonna use like a disk analysis analysis uh, analysis if you're right from, up my alley. Yeah. Okay, it. perfect. So I am like high urgency, um, like to get things and fast, I disrupt in you you're know, a DI. You I are am. a prototypical DI. Yeah. I am. And so I understand when I come at things, um, it can be interpreted in different ways, but also operations like they're so hard for my brain to like start yes. putting things down into tactical elements. Don't you love talking to accountants and lawyers? Yes. <laughs> no. It doesn't like critical paths. You yes. have a hundred steps. 
Yeah. So <laughs> one of the ways I have like changed my working environment is being able to pair that AI and large language models and visual elements to kind of support me where I get stuck so that I am not spending all of this time thinking about how to do the next step. And I just get the next step done so that it can be handed off to someone else. And I think as it relates to empathy, it also helps because then you can tweak it to your individual teams or or people that need to consume that information. So using that same example of myself where I have a hard time like breaking things down. So sometimes my communication may come across as big picture or vague or like, is Beth telling me to do something? Is this a suggestion? I get that. Yeah. You know, like you're a visionary. You're that. painting the vision and everything like that. Yes. Like, we'll, we'll talk about the details later, but first, I'm like, let right. me share this with you. <laughs> right. And so I understand that people have a hard time taking that. And so by able to say, here is what I'm thinking, ChatGPT, I'm using as an example. Um, what are the next three steps that I need to do to take this into action? And it will give me some three steps, right? But what helps me then is like, okay, now I know how to verbalize this and I can put my own words in, I can edit oh, it, I see. Okay. but I want it to be clear and concise for the team, especially if you're wrapping up a to-do or an agenda follow-up or a, you know, you're with a big team and everybody needs to know who's doing what and when and, and timelines. Um, I think that that is a really good use case as well as putting your notes or what you already were planning on sending through these models and say, I want to optimize for empathy, right? Maybe you have a, a person on your team that comes across way too harsh and they need to like tone it down a little bit, add a little bit of character and, and personality be, behind their email um, just by running. And this is the simplest version right now is just running these communications through a large language model or, or a tool just to say like, soften this, make this more approachable. Um, how do I make this a little bit more friendly? Um, I think there's a really great opportunity for just that basic use case. Yeah. And that being said, I think you have to be kind of careful here because my experience with AI has been, while it has a high IQ, it has a <laughs> astonishing low EQ. And so if you're going to rely on it completely for you know, expression of empathy, feelings, and everything like that, uh, it can definitely tweak and improve, you know, what you provide to it. No doubt about that. But if you're going to rely on it to kind of be uh, I don't know, sen sensitive and understanding and everything like that for you, uh, you know, even if it says the right words, it doesn't come across as sincere, right. authentic, and genuine. Yeah. I always say, get it, have it get you to 80% because the 20% mm -hmm. is where you as a human really need to work on making it feel like you take the words out that aren't like you, right? Like, I don't think anybody should approach it as a copy and paste um, platform. Yeah, we don't either. Yeah. <laughs> Never. You know? I hope this email finds you well. Oh God, no. This is about the 10th email that found me well today. <laughs> Yeah, no, I fully, and, and I think that's a perfect example because every time it does that, it says, I hope this email finds you well. So I think that there, that is a good training opportunity for your team to say like, okay, this is how you use it. And this is how you make it horrible. So show them the opposite of what you wanted to do. And, and for yourself too, like take out words you would never use. When you're training, you're loading in because Lee, you've been doing some loading in for our little chat bot for our website. Are you loading in employee information as well and training it on your individual employees? I'm not doing that right You're, now. Okay. 
Because um, we're primarily using just the public like Bard and ChatGPT. Oh, okay. The a tool on myself. Um, it's called my virtual brain. It's very interesting. You load everything up on yourself, and you can like like for my speaking events and different things, um, have it right in different styles based on how you speak. And so that's a whole nother thing. That's interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. But as it relates to my employees, most of the time I'm just giving it example use cases, right? Like, um, make these notes more. Uh, my favorite one is just make this more clear and concise. Cause that's where obviously I need a lot of help with it. Um, or make this, so that there is no subjectivity or, you know, how can I make this so that there is a um, clear path to next steps, right? Those are the type of things that personally I'm using it for. I think if you're the opposite of that and you're trying to add in more like human language and more um, like color into your conversations, I think that you just need to um, like, again, have it use a tone friendly and approachable seem to work really well at, in terms of like command prompt mm-hmm. words. Um, and then I also have used storytelling that I'll like put a summary of a story that has been an actual experience. And then it kind of makes it a little bit easier to follow. Well, that makes sense. So chatterkick.com is your website. Yes. I see here in my notes, handy dandy notes that you have a new offer for CEOs. You've got some free stuff. You've got a podcast called Generation Social Media and a bi-weekly yes. newsletter. What's the free stuff? People love yeah, that. So we got, we took a hundred different prompts for leaders. And most of these are having to do with like managing teams and um, uh, DEI initiatives and just really their starting points just so that people and leaders can understand that this is so much more um, impactful if you get out of just the like write me a blog post world where I think a lot of people understand the use case. But what I think really can be a a huge time saver is having leaders use these tools to support where they may have weaknesses or maybe they're just slower in moving through their day. Um, And so many of them have to do with people and operational issues. We thought we would get them started with some of those prompts. What I really want everyone to do is that take best prompts uh, and see what the you know output, what the answer is, or whatever, and then ask yourself why. Why did they phrase it this way and everything like that? Because you can't just use this thing as a crutch. Because it's not like you like you're at a a networking event and you kind of say, "Oh, wait, let me let me type this into my phone and the chat GPT, so it tells me what to say, and I'll be right back with you." Uh, it's like you, you pretty much have to you know, use it as a learning tool so that you'll get better at it over time and, and it'll be second nature to you rather than having to rely on on, on AI. That's yeah. that's my challenge. And I think what people get a lot of value is the iterations on it, right? So your first answer should not be where you stop in most cases. It's like building on that and understanding kind of, it's like a, your own personal training tool to teach you how to be more you know, empathetic, better with your words, a better writer. Um, how could you approach things differently? I, I use it all the time of just saying like, here's what I'm thinking about doing in a situation. What am I missing? What what could I do differently? Where are my holes? And that is hugely impactful because then it does allow you to get a bigger global view of how you could approach something instead of just what we know in our own situational biases. I hear some people who do prompting with AI or whatever, and you're already yelling at 
the dashboard or your, your smartphone, however you're listening to this. So I'm going to go ahead and address that for you right now. Yes, we can take the recording of Beth, for example, and we can, uh, you know, trans. what are we doing with that? Transpose? Trans- we're trans- Transcribe it. And transcribing, thank you, yes, you're right. uh, that the text and uploading that may say, okay, this is how Beth talks. This is her This is her voice. Now go ahead and, and provide this to me in Beth's voice. So that is something that, that you can do really cool, uh, real simple, and uh, just kind of take it, take it from there. So you can also take some of Beth's prompts and then, of course, don't talk like Beth, you know, record <laughs> yourself, <laughs> but nonetheless, yeah, give that a try. It's a lot of fun and it works. Sounds good. Lots of new tools in the toolbox with this one. Beth, thank you so much. We sure appreciate you coming to share your wisdom. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.